Mira la izquierda. Mira la derecha. ¿Qué ves? ¿Dónde estás? In a world that seems to change daily, what will you do next? Welcome to the Next Steps Show with Peter Vesquez, a starting point for discussion y un poco de dirección. Buenas tardes, señoras y señores. ¿Cómo están? Sí, soy yo, tu conservative New Yorker, Peter Vesquez, aquí en the WSO Studios con la Voz de Libertad. Buenos días, señor Voz oh, de Libertad. Oh, boy. Here, here we go. Uh, good morning is just fine. Uh, good morning. We'll, we'll do it in English. You and know, good just, afternoon, actually. Good, oh, true. Good afternoon. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes, sí. Although, although you know... I taught you Spanish and you forgot. I, that, I have to have. Uh, my, I have. You got to get me to do something three times in a row in one day, and I'll never forget it. I'm going to call you three times the rest of the day to ask you about Buenas Tardes. Buenas Tardes. Buenas Tardes. Okay, yeah. Although that just indicates that I'm failing you, Bob, because <laughs> apparently, <laughs> no, no. as an educator, I, I haven't encouraged you to keep wanting to be a life learner. Well, being the Renaissance man <laughs> that you are, you have n numerous other pursuits uh, that you're much better at than teaching me Spanish. I, Yeah, although, you know what? Everybody should know Spanish. One day I'm going to bring these statistics. Maybe Luis will bring it up when he's on again. But uh, you know that, that the Spanish language or those that speak Spanish is supposed to increase significantly by 2050 uh, to where the I think the numbers are like one or two out of eight or something like that. Transactions that you have would be with someone of a Spanish-speaking language. It's somewhere around there. Um, but hey, Bob, I, I do want to do a quick plug. I was at uh, a breakfast this morning, and I met this wonderful program out in right in Rochester. It's called the St. Joseph's Neighborhood Center, Incorporated. And it's inception. They, I'm hoping to have them on the show so they can talk about their history. But this was a, a group of nuns that have come together, realized that they needed uh, to do something in this community, and, and they did. And the stories go back to one of the nuns was sharing with us how Um, you know, they, they were able to find a place where they were able to get rid of some of the rubble uh, for filling that, that the state allowed them. Imagine this, a nun, older, driving a dump truck to a dump site and dumping a whole bunch of rubble from what they're fixing oh, in themselves sure. because they actually did the repairs of, of a building that, was, that others were trying to condemn and get rid of. They, they made it to what it is now, and they're doing everything from medical... To uh, mental health, to uh, homelessness, it's amazing the work uh, that's out there that's underused, underutilized, and I'll tell you they can use their help at St. Joseph's Neighborhood Center Incorporated. Give them a look. Anyways, how are you doing today, Sheree? I'm doing. How are you? I'm doing all right. So how about we talk a little bit of education? How about you, uh, even before you do that, how about you introduce everybody to who Sharia? I was working up to that. <laughs> People Jeez. are going to be listening going up. I don't need up. an introduction, didn't you know? <laughs> oh, Sharia does not need an introduction. All right, I'll skip ahead. So <laughs> hang on. One, ladies and gentlemen, let's yeah, let's rewind here. Thank you, Bob, for that reminder. Although I, I, I was working up to I was trying to get a little, you know, what, what is that called? Were you A crescendo? Is that what it's called? Where you build it up and then, yeah, bam. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, not in a talk show. <laughs> you want, people want to know who's talking on the radio. So. All right. So he's, he's doing a fine job, folks. He really the, is. I appreciate that. I feel like I got scolded just now, but I, I appreciate that. I'm kidding. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I've invited a fearless leader. See, I always have a great introduction for great people. Uh, an individual who understands that learning is truly lifelong and that it should always be done with discerning eyes 
and ears. All right, so today we're going to talk a little bit about education, but specifically, we're going to talk about what's happening in our classrooms, like right now, like real time, and kind of the, the, the role and the narrative that our educators are having to contend with, good or bad, uh, that's also been coming from the union. I think that's going to be a great discussion. So today with me, you've heard her here before, uh, I'm sure you've heard her on social media, uh, and other places, the Honorable Cherie Stuller. Senorita or Senora, gracias for joining me on the Next Step show today. Thanks for having me. How's Brad doing? He's good. He's good. And your daughter, or your, yeah. He's uh, much happier now that I've started baking for him, so that makes him really happy. Ah, baking, baking. Hey, Chris, just so you know, I'm not really big on the sweets and baking, but man, I'll tell you, I love your lasagna. But you're right, I could totally see him being happy with some cooking. Oh, crazy. What'd you bake recently for him? Uh, actually, before I came here, I started some sourdough apple cinnamon rolls. And you didn't bring any? Well, they're not baked yet. They have to rise for a little bit. They have to rise. Well, yeah. you know what? I can let, Let's talk about rising because it's not just your baked goods that's got to rise. It's also our community that's got to rise. Yes. So, uh, you know... Ladies and gentlemen, in the past, I mentioned to you some things like uh, CNN10.com, which is a resource for local schools. I've kind of been looking through some of the videos, and, you know, I'll have to tell you, I, I get that there's different perspectives to look at things, but the one thing that I found missing from a lot of... Well, there's a lot of things I found missing, and it's very politically leaning uh, to one side... Um, but one thing that I truly found missing from all of them and, and, and other videos, other resources like that, is that they don't talk about the, the, the value of what they're learning in the context of the of, uh, well, in its historical context. Right. Abraham Lincoln, which is the one video. I mean, they have him uh, in some of their pieces. They're looking like not a very good guy. Oh, it's it's an awful episode that they put out because it was Lincoln's birthday. And it's just terrible, and it goes against the foundings and the principles of where we come from. So there's no secret that, you know, our country has warts within it, right? We're not perfect. But there are certain people in history that should not be erased. Mm -hmm. Our history is important, and you can't erase it because you don't agree with it or it doesn't suit the current narrative. Well, there was an old saying that I've heard over the years that says if you don't learn your history accurately, you're always going to be bound to repeat it or Absolutely. something along those lines. Absolutely. Interesting. So, so, so why do teachers, in your opinion, why do you think they do that? They use these resources. So they're district-pushed um, resources. And depending on your classroom, sometimes that is your social studies lesson, is watching this 10-minute clip designed for kids. So CNN 10 has kind of swung really far one way, started to come back, and appears to now be swinging back really far the other way. So a, there was a period in time that a lot of parents saw what CNN 10 was and started questioning it and started pushing back. CNN 10 got a new face, and they now have a former Buffalo Bill star running the show, and Coy Wire. And he started to kind of bring it back and not be so extreme in their stories. However, fast forward to now that we have had our President's Day, Washington's birthday, Lincoln's birthday, we've had Martin Luther King Day, all of those things. Now the narrative is, is swinging back far the other way. So this one particular episode that you brought up is talking about these myths of Lincoln and how he really did nothing 
to help end the slave trade. He did nothing for the people, that everything about him was pretty much a lie, everything that we believe. And, well, yeah, the stories are not 100% accurate, but the basic fundamentals of who Lincoln was and how we move forward in this country is true, and that should not be erased because we need people that are willing to stand up, take that stance, and say, no, we're not going to do this. I mean, thank goodness he was around when he was, right? Mm-hmm. Because what would be so different now? And, and, and you know, that goes, even George Washington, uh, we just had his birthday, right? I mean, we, we talk about historical f- figures uh, by measures of today's, I guess today's measures, right? What we believe in today, what the new mantra, whatever the political view is today, that's how we measure some of these guys. But looking at Abraham Lincoln, who did a lot for this country, um, uh, looking at Abraham, or not Abraham Lincoln, excuse me, uh, uh, George Washington, Washington, right? Now, I, I saw another video. It wasn't on CNN 10. I think it was, I don't know, it was another website uh, that that made Abraham Lincoln look like the worst person in the world because he had slaves, um, although he treated his slaves well, from what I understand, and, and later. But, but in the context of all that, how could teachers teach something um, that happened so long ago, if only some of the information is correct. I mean, and I'm only asking that because your, your response to my last questions was that some of the things may be inaccurate. I mean, I'm not sure what you meant by that. What, what? So CNN 10 started to change some of it as as parents and community members started pushing back. Um, so they were not so extreme and and ratifying the history of their stories. It seems to be that they're going back to the extremes of ratifying the history. So you bring up George Washington, and in order to teach that—so no one person is all good or all bad. Like, that's just the reality of it. In order to teach effectively, you have to actually do your homework. Mm -hmm. So you have to be an adult learner as well. How can you teach a child? Well, yes, Washington had slaves. He treated them well. But since the dawn of time, there has been slavery. Wrong, right, or indifferent, this is something that has always occurred. And we've progressed enough that we're not there right now, right? So it's different. We have a different type of enslavement, right, of working and taxes and all that. So it's not like what it used to be. Surveillance. Right. And so someday, you know, it might be, you know, 100 years from now, us talking about this different form of slavery. You have to educate yourself and be a lifelong learner. And you and you have to understand that in the context of what you're reading, that happened a long time ago that changed today, and it's those actions that change it that we need to look at. Ladies and gentlemen, 346-3000, we want your opinion on everything. Remember, this is a talk show. I like to call it a dialogue show, too. So so give us a call. No te vaje. We'll be right back right after these messages to Conservative New York and right here on WISL. And this is for our guest, the baker, who's waiting for some dough to rise. This is Rise from, rise from Herb Albert on WISL. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New 
York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. Youth for Christ Rochester needs to grow. Our kids are telling us they don't feel safe in their neighborhoods or rec centers, and they're asking us to be open more. And thanks to your support, we will. We're adding a weeknight and Saturday mornings to our basketball program. We're adding a second Arts Academy Friday night. And we're adding a second P31 girls class on Saturdays. But we need your help. $25 per month funds a kid for a year. Give your best gift to yfcrochester.org slash donate. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the Voice of Liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the Voice of Liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Peter Vasquez. Is a next step show on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to the next step show. See, aquí tenemos el honorable or honible, see, uh, Cherise Stuller. Hey, I kind of said a blunder on the way to uh, break, didn't I? You did, and I was going to go back to that. <laughs> you want to tell our listeners what so, that blunder was? I know that you meant. Washington had <laughs> slaves, but you said Lincoln. And in fairness, you know, we celebrated both of them, so they were very close together, so I will give you that. But I do want to go back to Washington and what we were saying of understanding the history of it, because if you're going to teach about him and you're going to know the whole pieces of it, so it's also key to recognize that he was one of our founding fathers, and he was the only president that said, I'm going to step down now because no one should be here forever. And he willingly gave up that office. That's huge, which was supposed to set a precedent for those that came. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and he, and it's something free, to remember. He did free all his slaves. He did. Uh, after, he was, uh, after his wife died. Yep, he absolutely did. And again, I go back to since the dawn of time, this is how civilizations were built. I mean, the Irish were enslaved. You can go th- back through all of history and find some culture or group that was enslaved. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, we are enslaved today with taxes, with uh, with the many regulations. I mean, we live in a free society, but I have to ask permission to get my Second Amendment rights. You know, uh, I've got to ask permission to use my First Amendment rights in public places. We hear things like uh, unauthorized gatherings. That blows my mind whenever I hear that coming out of a PA. What the, what the heck is that? And, and listen, you know I love our Leos. I support the police all day long. But it's language like that that I heard overseas when I was, well, when I was overseas. And, and oof, it, it scares me. The, what's coming out of the sheriff's office now, and again, we all love, you know, we all love Sheriff Baxter. This isn't a, a gig on him because if I was him, I'd probably do it too, like I mentioned. But the surveillance that's coming out of there, the pervasive surveillance that's coming out of there, it's just, it's scary. But anywho... Um, talk to us about schools. Now, you work in a school district. I don't know if you want to mention the district or not. That's up to you. But you work in a classroom. Can, can you kind of tell us what you do and what's happening in today's uh, New York classrooms and New York schools? So um, I have an interesting story. I'm actually a um, 
certified teacher for New York State. Master's, degrees, certifications, yeah. all those things. Um, yeah, we talked about it last yeah. time. Okay. But it's interesting because New York, when I got my degree, did a hiring freeze. But they don't want to tell anybody that. They just want to keep claiming that we have a teacher shortage. However, we don't. Um, So I actually work as a behavior person. So I work in special ed. And I have, like, the quote-unquote naughty kids. I love my naughty kids. They're so awesome. Um, So I mean that endearingly. It's not a bad term. I love these kids to death. Um, They're they're amazing. They're so smart. And they're so capable. Yes, they are. Um, But what's happening is there's no standard anymore. So they are honestly now having committee meetings within schools to do away with a grading system. You cannot punish these kids anymore. There's no um, suspensions or any of that stuff anymore because now we have to do a tiered approach. So these kids literally are having a free-for-all. And they can assault teachers. They can assault each other. They can bring drugs in. They can pretty much do whatever they want, and nothing really happens to them. So what are we teaching them? You can come up and punch someone in the face because you didn't like the outfit they were wearing, and that's okay. And then when you graduate and you're out on, in the real world, what's going to happen to you? Mm-hmm. So we're seeing now where we've did this in education for years, and we started this approach. This is not new. This has been going on for a while because funding is tied to your suspension rates. Um, that's a nice little secret. Um, so now we're seeing the laws change for these criminals out there that are also not facing any consequences. And who's suffering? The ones who are trying. So now you have a kid in school that's trying to learn but can't because they've got a desk being whipped across the room at them. It's completely unacceptable. And that goes that's not even talking about what they're teaching these kids and influencing them because we're not teaching them reading, writing, and arithmetic. We're teaching them to be activists, mm-hmm. which is very, very different. And that's not what we're supposed to do. I mean, if you can't go to the grocery store and get your change back, what does that say about what your school system's doing? Let, let me ask you, because you said we're not teaching them. However, when you look up a simple question like what's the graduation rate of Monroe County, for example, uh, what you find is that it, it uh, well, for 21-22 academic year, it was 87%. So 87% of students in Monroe County are making it from the ninth grade through the 12th grade. How can that be? Because when you've lowered the standards and you've taken away a grading system, then you do go through. So you don't have to pass a grade to go on to the next grade. That's not how this works anymore. You just get pushed through. It doesn't mean you actually know anything. It doesn't know you've reached that standard, which is why we are no longer ranked highly for education. You know, I hear something funny. I don't think it was very funny. But my daughter, uh, who, 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 she just, comprehension was never her strong suit. And there were some learning struggles that she had. Uh, school wanted to put her into special ed. And I was like, absolutely not. How about we look at different ways to cut out the stuff that's just not going to be important to her later? We know certain things about our kids. My daughter's nev- has never showed an interest. And she's 25 years old now. Still hasn't shown an interest in being a rocket scientist. So there's some things that we can probably shift focus. We put her in a BOCES. Well, we kept her in school. But they did that, you know, half day in BOCES. Right. Uh, I forgot what the program was called. Did criminal justice. Changed her life right around. She didn't have. She got her academics. She got all her credits through this program. Was able to graduate with a high school diploma. They kept saying, "Well, she's not going to get a regent's diploma." Well, show me where it makes a difference in their life going forward. Because my son's got a regent's diploma. 
They didn't make a difference in theirs. I got a GED. They didn't make a difference in mine. You know what I well, mean? Well, and the key is, is can you do the basic fundamentals? So can you measure something? Can you add two plus two, right? So there's basic skills that you need to know. So when I went to school, we learned how to balance a checkbook and, and how to write a check. None of this is taught anymore. It's a piece of plastic. We don't teach any of these kids that. How are they supposed to function in the world? How are they supposed to be able to manage their finances? We taught kids how to sew. We taught kids how to cook a little bit. So there was some of these life skills built in, which has gone by the wayside lately. Uh- you mentioned social programs that we're spending a lot of time in. You're saying that those aren't the social programs the schools are focusing on, where they're teaching how to engage, how to how to how to be people, how to build their own, per, you know, their entrepreneurship, their corporation. What, what are the social programs? That so they're now teaching? we have peace circles and community circles, whatever your district wants to name it as. So we're losing an hour of education every single month, at minimum once a month, to sit down and talk about your feelings and how someone called you a jerk or a meanie head and it made you cry. And this is supposed to address all the bullying and all the violence and all of these other things. But these kids in the schools are saying, I'm not going to talk in there. That's just going to make me a bigger target. Those that are being directly impacted by this, well, the kids that are doing these things are like, well, I don't have to do any schoolwork. I can just sit here and run the hallways and do whatever I want, and they're going to pass me on anyways, and I face no consequences. So some time ago under, under the, the uh, President Bush, George W., I believe, the, the recent one, um, he created a, a, a rule, a law, the no child left behind, I believe, is what yeah. he called it. I had the opportunity to have breakfast with him uh, many years ago. I think it was in 2012. We, we Personally, it was a great conversation. We said we could ask him anything. So I asked him what was one of the things that he wished he hadn't done and, and that no child left behind is one of those things that he said he wished he hadn't done. He said on paper when they ran the simulations, all that, it was phenomenal. But what, he, what they didn't factor in was the reaction to some of the, the schools were going to do, especially once they tied it to funding, once they started to, because uh, uh, the intent was to hold the schools accountable. Right. Right. Challenge the kids, grow the kids and gave them resources. Then they started passing kids with 50s. Uh, uh, yep. uh, instead of what it, the 65, what it used to be. Right. And now you don't even need a grade. So you're just going to go on. You're not going to have a grade. And this is coming in the near future where you're not going to see grades for your kids anymore. Or if you do see them, they're not going to be accurate. Right. So when you compile No Child Left Behind, because I saw the look on your face, uh, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately you couldn't see that, but the look <laughs> on her face was like, yeah, what a disappointment that was. Uh, but then we had, what was the other one that uh, came out under the Obama administration? Oh, Common uh, Core? Uh, well, Common Core. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, there are. There are so, and none of them work, though. No, none no, of them and have none of them will work. To. The, the basic thing is, the, the biggest issue is schools are dependent on um, taxpayer dollars and federal and state funds. And when your federal and state are controlling your education system and you, the school board personnel, are not, how can you do what's best for your community and the students within your school? Because if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you do not get your federal or state funding. Schools are not allowed to raise their own funds. Correct. So let, let's, uh, you know, let's look at that a little closer because I do believe that there was, I don't want to say that it's just this specific issue, um, but some time ago uh, there was a rule change that uh, didn't allow unions to really 
engage employees or charge employees um, for the union dues. And, and that includes the teachers' unions and so forth, right? And ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. This isn't an anti-union discussion. I, we just want to no, point out not. a couple just of so things. Just so you know, it's not. I'm actually the VP of my union, so I'm not anti-union. Yep, you're the <laughs> VP of your union. My kids, I have I have two two kids, I believe, that are that are in unions and doing very well. Listen, if it wasn't for, I believe, the CSCA, my father's union, my father would have never made 20 years in retirement with a third grade education uh, and, and uh, not knowing a lot of English, right? So they did come to it. We understand of it. I get put out uh, I, I, they, they try to make me look like I, they, they political foes. It's all political, right? Yes. They, they try to make me look like this anti-union person because I asked one question at an interview once. When I didn't even ask a question, they said, um, "You know, if we bring things to you, would you just approve them?" And I said, "Well, I may, ha- I may want to have a discussion and have questions." And then when they said, "Well, if the other guy is giving us everything we want." Why would we even consider you? And that just has baffled me since. But, hey, we're going to be right back with this discussion with Cherie Stuller, right? We're going to find out the intricacies of why maybe some of this shift uh, in our schools might be happening and how the state may be leveraging some of these unions to spread some of these uh, incorrect statements. No te vayas, regresamos aquí con tu conservative New Yorkan, con Cherise Dooley, and let's not forget La Voz de Libertad. We'll be right back on WISL. 585-346-3000 if you'd like to join the conversation. Peter Vasquez and Next Step Show on the WYSL stations. And the Next Step Show is proudly brought to you by Ryan Murphy and Associates, commercial and residential real estate appraisers. And they've been doing this for, I don't know, decades. So give them a call and they can help you out in whatever your situation is. Again, here's Peter. Thank you, Senor Bob. Cherie, thank you for still hanging out with us. Anytime. Anytime, absolutely. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to read a sentence to you, and I want you to tell me if you recognize this sentence or not, okay? All right, nothing like being on the spot. (laughs) It's, uh, well, you know, that's what makes these shows great. If I can't put you on the spot or push a politician, right, Um, then people think I'm being favorable to just my kind. It's true. Think about that, my kind, huh? It is simply about having a fair set of rules that apply to everyone. What is that? So that should be solely what the union is about. It should be, right? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a caller, a Senor Luis Martinez. But Luis, welcome to the Next Step Show. Amigo, hermana, how are you doing? Uh, uh, hey, Sheree. Absolutely. But listen, I want people to know who you are, Mr. Martinez, right? You've been here. You've been on my show. You're actually going to yes. sub for me on, on, on Friday. You're going to be here again. And what makes yes. that so exciting is that now, senor, when I say the Honorable Luis Martinez, that also has some meaning to it. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Luis Martinez will be your next state senator. And what, what, what district is that again? 55. 55. 55. District 55. Good stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you. But that's actually not why I called. I appreciate that you're uh, doing this uh, kind of a nice plug for me. I appreciate that. Look at that. A statesman who uh, doesn't want to sell himself. (laughs) Okay. Let me just uh, share this uh, story with Sheree because Sheree, my first job after grad school is I was a guidance counselor in Wilmington Public Schools in Delaware, where where Joe Biden's from. I was there 
for New York Delaware as well. And I worked there for about a year as a guidance counselor. And uh, one day I come to work, and there is a picket line outdoors. Now, I was so naive. I did not know what a picket line was, okay? Grad school didn't teach me that. So I literally walked through the picket line, and you know what that means, right? And I yep. walk up the steps, and I open the door of the William, uh, the, the uh, Mary C. I. Williams Elementary School in Wilmington, Delaware. doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, I walk in. I go down the hall, and I see uh, Guy Muller, the 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 uh, the uh, what do you call it um, the principal and he says what are you doing here and I said I came to work he says you can't be in here you can, you belong outside I said outside what he says you're a union member you get out there and you and you on your picket line I'm like I'm a union member I literally did not know that's how naive I was that that I was a, a union member because it was a closed shop I was obligated to be in a union well never mind that I ran through the picket line of course people are hooting and hollering at me and cussing me out jumped in my car, and I went home petrified. I didn't know, know what I was involved in. And, well, that went on for over a month, and it turned out that it was an illegal uh, an illegal strike. And they were putting people in paddy wagons in those days, and I wasn't a yet, I was not yet a, a, a citizen. So I was frightened that they would, if they incarcerated me, they would send me back to Cuba, literally. So I was, I was just frightened out of my mind. Anyway, so eventually they settled the unit, and I worked there for about three years. Uh, fast forward several years, and I became, I was on the other side of the desk, and I became a um, negotiator uh, across the table from the United Auto Workers, the Teamsters, the electrical workers, the iron workers, and so forth, working on deals, working on, on behalf of a company called Excite Battery Company back then. So to cap it all off so I can give you back the microphone here, the point is that I used to teach labor negotiations in, in Beehive Valley Hospital, the largest hospital in Pennsylvania. I used to volunteer to teach labor negotiations, not from either side, but from the balance side. And here's what I mean. Every company that has a union deserves it, and they deserve exactly the union that they have. And what I mean by that is that when there is a union, I blame the management, not the employees. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's exactly how I – so Lehigh Valley Hustle, by the way, was union-free when I was there, and we beat back every attempt because we had a really good – um, I didn't even have to beat it back. The, the, the employees wouldn't have it. The employees resisted having a union because they we did things in such a way that they didn't need a union. So I'm so I'm not anti-union because I believe if a company deserves a union, they got it. Okay. So I'll I'll, I'll just listen to you, Nashery. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> Thanks, Louise. Hey, Louise, you're not going to listen to me. Are you taking oh, over no. my show, Shereen? <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I hear enough about you. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, I appreciate the call, sir. Hey, good luck on your run. We'll have you. Oh, you're going to be on again this Friday, so our listeners will be able to hear as our guest host. And Look, call in, by the way, folks. So get your get your questions ready for Luis. Absolutely. He's And he's got an amazing story. I mean, we shared just a little bit on our show the other day. And, and, and by all means. Um, great, great story. We'll uh, we'll go over that again Friday. Absolutely. As we went into break, we were talking about about the post genus. Did I say it right this time? Janus. Man, I'm just. This is what happens when you have a teacher in studio. <laughs> they start correcting out here. So, your, so just thing. so you all know, it's the Janus Law. Mm-hmm. So when he messes it up again, you already know what it is. So you uh, just correct it in your own. There head. you go. See teamwork. That's what I love about <laughs> it. But the unions refer to this as the post-Janus realities, right? Which refers to the implications and changes following the Supreme Court decision of Janus versus the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees 
employees or council tw- uh, 31, uh, and this was decided back in 2018. Can you shed some light on what that meant for union members? So prior to the Janus law, like Louise just shared, you were automatically a member of a union, regardless if, if there was a union in there, you just were in it. You didn't have a say in it. You paid your dues and you were just a member. So a group of people were like, well, hey, I don't want to pay for this and I don't need this. And what's the point of me having it? Because wasn't, wasn't the money deducted directly from your paycheck? It is deducted yes. directly yeah. from your check. Yep. It's just automatically. That's it. There it goes. You don't see it at all. So these people were like, I don't really need this. I don't want to be a part of this. It's not doing anything for me. I don't, you know, either believe in the union or there's no benefit to me. So they won in the Supreme Court where now it has become optional. What people don't realize is that there is numbers tied to staying in a union. You have to have a certain percentage of your employees as union members. And a lot don't want to join anymore because since Janice... It has gone from representing the worker and providing a good environment and a fair wage and safe working conditions to being a lobbyist agency because there are big funded groups. So a lot of these union people, um, so specifically like the teachers union, these are teachers that put in their time. They got vested in the retirement system and now they are working directly for the teachers union. And they're making a huge salary. And one of the things that they negotiated for some districts, and this is coming probably to more, not me, I do not get paid, is that your local representatives, the ones that these locals, so each district represents their own people, and they're elected, but they're starting to pay these people now. Once you start paying these positions, it becomes a different Mm ballgame. So that means that the umbrella, the the head honchos, which is nice, it has to raise the funds to make sure you get your salary. So, so what would be an example of a paid position in the teachers union, for example? Who would be paid? Is that Adam? Well, um, Adam Urbanski is paid, yes. Um, the city school district pays all their union people. And the Greece Central School District pays their union people. Do you have an idea as to what salaries look like for these people? I mean, again, I know this is... Um, I don't know their salaries off the top of my head. I would have to go and look that up. Um, uh, numbers is not my forte. They're not minimum wage. No, right. they're definitely no, not minimum it's... wage. And they're definitely making more than what they would if they were in the everyday position like you and I. Right. So, so how do they recruit these people, uh, Sherry? Oh, well, so specifically with NYSA, and and most of the unions are the same. I'll speak to NYSA because that's what I'm part of, so I've watched it. So they are recruited from within and they are trained up and recognized as leaders and people that will be that will be followed so that speak the right language that go along to get along that never rock the boat but are convincing in their arguments so then you take someone like me who is like yeah but that's not our job and this is what we should be doing and you're like the black sheep of the family, <laughs> um, which is interesting. And it's a hard perspective when they preach to you about how it's inclusive and we're one big tribe and all of this stuff. And then they're in the next breath telling you if you don't agree with some of this DEI or CRT, you don't belong. Yeah, what's, this got, what's this got to do with educating the kids, right? Exactly. It has nothing to do with educating the kids. And when we look at how they align politically and their pecs are aligned politically, I mean, to completely refuse to even hear the other side 
That isn't educating. That's not, uh, it's not uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Inclusion. It's not inclusion, and it's not advocating for your employees And either. it's definitely not a set of rules that uh, unite everybody like the sentence. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to your conservative New Yorker, Note Valle. We'll be right back in WYSL. Don't go nowhere. In the Rochester and Finger Lakes region, one name stands above all others for real estate appraisal and advice. Ryan Murphy and Associates. This full-service real estate appraisal company can appraise and advise on purchase and sales decisions, mortgage finance feasibility, estate, matrimonial, partnership buyouts, litigation, and more for any type of property, both residential and commercial. Ryan Murphy was founded almost 40 years ago. All of our highly trained staff members have at least 20 years of experience. All our appraisers are either New York State certified general or residential real estate appraisers. Ryan Murphy and Associates. Start here. RYNNEMurphy.com. The difference is dignity. At Open Door Mission, we open our arms and hearts to help those in need. We treat every one of our guests with respect and dignity. No matter the road that led to us, Open Door Mission is here to help. Give your support at OpendoorMission.com. Livingston County Pizza offers a full gluten-free menu and bakery along with a regular menu so your family can enjoy their favorites including burgers, sandwiches, and even hand-breaded onion rings and Friday fish fries with their dedicated to gluten-free fryer. Livingston County Pizza, you won't believe your belly. Advertising on the WYSL stations is both affordable and effective, but it's so much more than that. When your business or professional practice has a presence on the voice of liberty, you connect with a patriotic, awake, and aware audience that cares about society, our families, our schools, our values, and our future. And our listeners appreciate you and respond. We can end the madness together. For truth and freedom, the WYSL stations, the voice of liberty. Call 346-3000 to advertise today. Next Steps with... With Peter Vasquez on the WYSL stations. Just want to toss in here a, 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 a footnote. And now that we're 27,000 watts, reaching a bigger audience than ever, so bear that in mind in your advertising decisions. Again, Peter Vasquez. Well, you know, before break, I read a sentence. It was, it is simply about having a fair set of rules that apply to everyone. That's a sentence that comes right out of the training material coming from uh, uh, from your union, right? Correct. Um, but yet it doesn't seem that way, not just in the representation of, uh, of, of, of inclusion for everybody, regardless of someone's opinion. Uh, it seems more like um, some of the... Higher ups and not all unions, you know, seem to be a little upset about this rule that happened. They're, they've gotten tighter with money, um, and they've aligned. They've aligned politically, and, yep. and that's no secret, right? I mean, most, especially some of your teachers' unions. Right. However, um, there's this thing that came out uh, that, that, or is coming out that's called the fixed tier six, and this is directly impacting uh, members of the union. Correct. So it directly impacts members of every union. So if our retirement system is based on tiers, so it's really like more than just tier six, but in their words, fixed tier six rhymes. So that's why they pick six. Um, So anybody that has any of these retirement systems, it directly impacts them. So what NYSA did is they're extremely um, smart people there. So they have started a campaign to fix Tier 6. Now, anybody that knows anything about the tiers will say absolutely 100%. Because essentially what happens with Tier 6 is you work for over 30 years. You have no retirement. You have nothing. 
So you're you're never going to survive on tier six, essentially. Yep. And it's taken away a lot of the things that tiers one, two, and three had. Can I just give the description how sure. the union puts it on their literature? They say that tier four members, the current members, right, retiring at age 55 with 30 years would receive 60% of their final average salary. Mm-hmm. Under tier six or tier six members retiring at 55 with 30 years of service would only receive 26.4%. Um, of their final average salary. Correct. That doesn't seem like one set of rules, but that's not the unions doing that, that created. This is ah, the state that they've aligned with. But that's not entirely true. Oh. So who negotiates your tiers? Um, everything is a negotiation. So all of these union leaders, not just NYSET, are involved in negotiating these tiers because when you negotiate anything, it's a give-and-take procedure. So they had a hand in creating this debacle of these tiers. And now they're going to run a campaign on fixing tier six because everyone will say yes. So I asked specifically, hey, is this funding that you're collecting going strictly to tier six to fix this? Because absolutely I would support that. And the answer was resoundingly no. Well, isn't that the purpose of collecting the money? Wouldn't You would think so, right? But no, they don't have a designated fund for just fixing Tier 6. So and you're going to find this in most of the unions that are start, starting to lobby on this, which is concerning because they have swung so far the other way. What are they actually spending their funds on? So this is why it's so key to ask this, these questions. And they never once talked about reaching out to your elected officials and telling them that this was something that was on your mind and you knew this, right? It was all about just give us money and we're going to put it in our big campaign bin. And then, by the way, you didn't know this, but once a year we host a huge convention that you have to apply to get on to see what we're going to lobby. Interesting. And they charge for that, I take it? They do charge for that. Can I ask you, because one of the arguments uh, against the decision that was made for the Janus uh, uh, ruling Mm -hmm. um, was that the claim that that membership dues doesn't go into the political pack or into political activities. Uh, Is that true? I mean, you're you're there. You see it firsthand, side of what's in court. It goes into a lot of different things, but it absolutely goes into political activities. It absolutely does. In case in point, this fixed tier six campaign where they could not say it was just going to go to lobby to argue against this and correcting these wrongs it's going into a blanket fund so let me just how do you get into how do you wind up maybe i missed it and you you mentioned it uh how do you get into tier six is this like a little ghetto that you get thrown into if you're a bad person um no it's actually based on when you were hired yeah So it's based on when you got hired as to what tier you're placed in. And as the years went on and they realized that tiers one, two, and three were retiring and it was going to cost all this money and all this stuff to keep the system afloat is what they say. So then they started taking away what people would get in retirement. So basically it's a pyramid scheme. It is. Essentially, yes. And surprisingly, I agree with the union's fight or response to that, that it isn't fair for those that have put in the same amount of time and effort than those that came before them. And I understand we've got to tighten our belt sometimes. But you know what? When you're when you're aligning with people, when you're pushing that you're a for the people kind of organization, uh, you should always take care of employees. Listen, I'll, I, I argue back and forth with my board. If they recommend 3%, I'm recommending 7 because, but, I mean, they're the – we right. got to. And if that's we can afford the point it. is they had a hand in lobbying these tiers. And now they're going to collect more money from us that they've already made us lose yeah. for retirement and we're already being penalized for. 
and they're not going to put it directly to that. No. Would you recommend for people to take a close look at what the unions are doing and stand in solidarity with them when they can and when they have to? Go stand in that picket line. So I think the fundamentals of what the union is, fair work conditions, fair wages, a safe environment, I think that's the principle of what it should be. I don't think the union's a bad thing. There's something to be said with it. But I think you do need to be mindful of who's running your union, and you need to not be afraid to stand up and speak out against it when they're doing wrong things. Yep. And it's very important. So many of us that agree in just the fundamentals of it will not take a stand with them. So I think that you have to be careful and you have to be knowledgeable. And I encourage people, if you're in a place where you have a union and you are of a different mindset, run for a seat. I agree. And be mindful when you're running for a seat. And if you're like me that gets in trouble because you said, I just want to know more. I want to ask questions. And that makes you anti-union. You keep plugging ahead because I do believe that people understand. So, hey, thank you so much in this discussion. There's so many more other questions I want to ask. But I I, I thought maybe we could spend the next minute or so on what you're doing outside of your role in the union, outside of your role in school to kind of make your community better. Because you're doing some amazing things on your own time. So I do a lot of things. Um, My big baby right now is I believe that we have lost the ability to understand how the governmental system works from your local on up. We've forgotten why local is so important. So I'm putting together a class, um, a civics class, essentially, that breaks it down in really easy terms that's free to the public that will roll out April 3rd. It'll be hosted in the town of Gates. It'll be once a week for about eight weeks. It's your chance to learn some things, ask some questions. Um, I believe in not only educating, but also getting behind some really of our good candidates. We just heard Louise call in. We have Peter running for county clerk. Again, I'm sucking. <laughs> See, Louise is already now starting to supersede record. Huh? Good point. Yeah, we <laughs> have kidding, Jim Van Bredero running for um, Senate and, and District 56. We have some really great candidates that are believe in the fundamentals of this country, that have great stories, and that really want to make a difference and make it a better place for us. So any way you can get involved. Um, I also sit as the um, one of the executive chairs of the Monroe County Federated Republican Women, which is also another great group to get involved in and get linked up with. We meet once a month, have a meeting coming up next Monday. Just where, where's the meeting? Uh, it is at MCRC headquarters, uh, Metro Park. 144 Metro Park. And, hey, uh, uh, on this training, how do they find it? How do they sign up for it quickly? So I will have um, a social media flyer out so you can look me up on Facebook um, or Twitter. I will put it on there. Facebook is just my name, Cherie Stuhler. I don't hide. It will be out public. And a lot of your um, free groups are out there. You'll also see it go out through the women's group probably. Um, multiple different venues. You'll hear more people talking about it on different shows and things like that as we promote it more. And we'll be sure to mention it on this show as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Cherie Stuhler, S-T-U-H-L-E-R, right? And hey, next steps advice that our young people, our young ladies can can look up and say, yes, Cherie, I love that advice. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get involved. 
regardless of what you believe in, regardless of what you think, don't ever be afraid to stand up for what is in your heart and what is in your soul and always try to make the world a better place for the next person. Absolutely. And never make it about politics, right? Because the left, the right, the middle, they're all wrong. And and, and the thing is, we've shifted. And I mentioned before a paradigm shift, right? And people are like, what the hell are you talking about, Peter? Paradigm shift. I'm like, well, let's just look at everything that's happened uh, in our country and in our state, especially since COVID. I hear people saying things like, I never, just last night I heard it. I never felt politics touch my life. The way the way politics has touched my life in the last five years. That's the paradigm shift. That's where people on the left and the right and the middle are paying attention and saying, oh, hang on a second. No mas. Absolutely. You're not running my life. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you again soon. Hey, ladies, say it with me. Gentlemen, say it with me. Leadership is the beacon that guides me. For it's through selfless service that I illuminate the way for others to find their own greatness. This is America. Achieve your dream. Be a leader. NextStepShow.com. Que tengan una semana bendecida. Until tomorrow. And hey, nunca te olvides que aquí en the WISL, your conservative New Yorkian, la voz de libertad. Sí, te amamos.